We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast the I, I don't really know what we're doing at this point of the season episode of pack a day podcast i'm your co-host dusty evely with me is sarah kelleher no steve tonight uh, just could not handle the pain of talking about this past week's game is the only reason he's not here. Um, he'll tell you something different, but that's what I am telling you. And you should believe me because I have a microphone in front of me. Uh, Sarah, how are you doing? How are you? <sighs> how am I? Well, I would be better if the Packers won, but uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. Obviously, I would have. You know, I expected Green Bay to win. We talked about it last week on the podcast. All of us predicted a win, thought as long as they, you know, came out with the, the game plan that's worked for them pretty much all season, that things would be okay. They, you know, have a great offense. The defense really seemed to be, you know, coming into its own. They were getting key guys back, and defense looked great, but offense really just didn't play well after that first drive, and then special teams absolutely imploded. So, it really sucks, but I mean, outside of football, I'm good. No complaints there, and that's the stuff that really matters. So, you know, I'm all right. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> about the same. Uh, we were talking about this ahead of time. Uh, I, I, I'm at a point in my life for a, a number of different reasons that these games don't really stick with me too much anymore. I usually more night of, and we'll get into that, you know, a little bit later. So I usually, you know, during the game it's bad, and then the night out of the game I'm kind of down. And by the time I wake up the next morning, I'm okay because I'm in my 40s and I have children, and they have to go to school, and I have to write about the game, and so I'm willingly subjecting myself to watching it anyway. So I've just become numb over the years, and so it doesn't really bother me much. Uh, we were going to go, I mentioned this last week, we're going to go to the NFC Championship game. So that kills me. That was going to be our chance. Big trip with my brothers and a good friend, and we're going to go up. So that kind of sucks we didn't get a chance to do that. But all things considered, you know, doing well. Uh, it, it sucks we don't have a Packers game to talk about this upcoming weekend. Uh, but I will say the uh, that <laughs> Chiefs, uh, Chiefs-Bills game on Sunday night, Kind of, kind of cleanse the palate a bit, man. Like that was some, that was a football game. That was, that was a tremendous ending. And for a while, just made me forget about all of the things that happened the night before. So it was, a, it was a nice way to end the weekend, I'd say. Literally both of those games. Um, I went into the day on Sunday saying, I don't know if I'm going to watch because I'm just sick of the Packers <laughs> lost. 
And I kind of had the Bucks game on in the background while I was doing some meal prep in the kitchen. And then I, I saw they started slowly coming back. So I started watching. And by then I finished cooking one thing and I had to sit down. I said, okay, I got to pay attention here because maybe Tom Brady has a deal with the devil and they're going to come back and win this game. <laughs> so that was great. And that kind of pumped me up then for the night game and, you know, made me quickly, like you said, it, the wound uh, hurt a little less with yeah. the great two great games on Sunday. It just reminded you as a fan of football that we still have football and there's still going to be really good football for the next couple weeks at least. So we just got to soak that in before all football is gone until next fall. So, For sure. I feel exactly the same way. All right, so we're going to get into the thing that, I mean, everyone really wants us. Everyone's just clamoring for. We're going to kick off the show big, Sarah, and that is that the Packers signed 10 Free agents, 10 free agent contracts, all players spent time with the practice squad. So it's all names that everyone should be familiar with. I'm going to run them down, starting with the God, Kurt Bankert. I know I think we're all glad he's back. I was a big fan. I think Paul Brettel was like a source uh, close to the situation, told me that uh, Kurt Bankert signed. Like, the Paul, you, you, we all know that Kurt Bankert was the source. He knows Paul. I think he had a barbecue at Paul's house. So I, I enjoyed the way that news broke. Uh, so Kurt Bankert, wide receiver Chris Blair, uh, cornerback Kibionento, who I know was kind of a big pack-a-day favorite uh, last preseason, uh, quarterback Daddy Etling, who'd been, I think, with the Packers a couple times this year, uh, kind of on and off. I know when when Rodgers was out, I think they signed him as, as QB3 in Edwin practice squad. Safety in his gains, linebacker Ladarius Hamilton, center Michael Manette, uh, kicker J.J. Molson, tackle guard Cole Van Lannan, uh, who we saw a little bit this year, and linebacker Ray Wilborn. So, Sarah, Sarah, what are your big thoughts about the free agent signings by the Green Bay Packers? I mean, everybody wants Goody to be more aggressive. Here you go, guys. (laughs) This is exactly what you asked for. No, I'm just kidding. I I mean, Bankard is awesome. I was really excited when I saw Paul tweeted that. Um, And he's just, he's a great locker room guy. You know, obviously he's not going to be QB one, but it seems like everybody in the quarterback's room loves him. LaFleur loves him. So, and he's just so much fun online. He loves, he and AJ Dillon kind of have the same vibe to them where they've really just embraced what it means to, you know, quote unquote, carry the G and a lot of guys uh, in the NFL might not necessarily love playing in green Bay. They'd rather be in a big city like LA or New York close um, on the East Coast, but those two guys are a perfect example of, you know, making the most of your situation, and I love it. And then, yeah, you know, the rest of the guys, kind of familiar. We we heard about them all year, you know, on the practice squad, so we'll see what happens. Glad they're sticking around because it seems like the Packers got what they wanted out of each of them. So, good job, Goody. <laughs> good job, Goody. Now, the guy I kind of had in Iowa was, uh, well, Ento, I kind of liked, and then and J.J. Molson as well, just with uh, who knows what's going on with Mason Crosby, and he'd been a practice squad guy all year, and they protected him quite a few times, so I think they see something like there, so that might be a guy to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, Sarah, you mentioned a little at the top when you were kind of running through it, but uh, do you have any takeaways from the game? Any any thoughts beyond just that was terrible and special teams are terrible and everything is terrible? Yeah, it's, it's really disappointing is you know the word that's been thrown around a lot and I have to agree because it seemed like this team had something about them this year that it just really felt like they were going to go all the way and that they were going to go on this run 
And for it to kind of come to a sudden end, it, it didn't feel real for me at first. You know, when the game was over and they kicked the field goal, I just kind of stared at my TV and said, like, what the hell? Like, did that really just happen? And it's all over just like that. You know, four seconds left, I think, on the clock. And four seconds later, Packers season is over. Uh, so it was a bit of a mental shift there. And I was telling Dusty before, you know, we got on and started recording that after I wrote my recap, I, you know, washed up, went to bed, and I just laid awake in bed for like 30 <laughs> to 40 minutes and just kind of was in shock that they lost and that it was over. Because in addition to, you know, feeling like the team had what it, it takes to win it all, it was just so much fun this season. Mm-hmm. Like we had a ton of fun talking about this season on the podcast. I know both of us writing about it, just everybody on Twitter and it's just boom, it's all over and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of things that I've always said, I'd rather lose by 50 than, than lose by three because when you lose by three there are a handful of moments throughout the game and you go if any one of these 15 things went different just one of them went different the Packers win this game that's roughly how I felt and we were looking forward to this game uh you know so much for so many reasons I know I was excited one of the one of the big moments for me was uh, what well, me all of uh, everyone watching the game every Packers fan was Zedaria Smith man Zedaria Smith fan favorite since he got signed he came in uh, first snap since that uh, since that Saints game, I was, I was watching my little brother. And I'm pointing out, going, "Zizin, Zizin, Zizin," and uh, sure enough, there was he, and he got a just bullied a guard and got a sack. Like that was like, "We got this, man!" They scored a touchdown on the first drive. Z came in, bullied a man, and then he was like, "This is this here we go, man! This is gonna be a blowout." And then Mercedes Lewis fumbled and kind of started turning a little bit, and the Niners defense started kicking in. So I know you know a little a little disappointing. For that, you know, that, that Zedaria Smith, you know, he got kind of the spot duty we kind of thought. Jair saw some snaps. Cobb was in a little more than expected. Bakhtiari obviously didn't play at all. But, you know, there were there were guys in there that were key guys uh, over the past couple of years, or in Cobb's case, longer than that, that came back and really kind of wanted to see them win it. I think when Zedarius got that sack, I was really that I was really in, man. Like, this is it. It just didn't happen. So, yeah, it was, they said, disappointing. But I'm kind of with you. I try to keep in mind the – the season as a whole, uh, the season didn't end with the way we wanted it to, but there's still, you know, I had a blast with you guys as always and, and loved everyone listening and, and all of that stuff. So looking forward, God, I don't know. I'm not, I was going to say looking forward to the off season. Sarah, I'm not looking forward to the off season, but uh, disappointing, but certainly, certainly things that were good. And I think things to look up going forward, hopefully. So all right, with that in mind, well, I'll stop my rambling. Sarah Rogers was on Pat McAfee today, I believe if I'm not mistaken, his last appearance of uh, of the season. I think he's fading into oblivion, going to Hawaii with Miles Teller or whatever the devil he's going to do this offseason. I think this was his last McAfee. So, uh, Sarah, what did he get into? Uh, we talk about the loss. Kind of what, what were some of the high points of that? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, like you said, season finale of uh, the Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays on the Pat McAfee Show. And, of course, they opened it up talking a little bit about the loss. So, Rodgers said it was difficult. He felt like they had a special team this year that could really make a Super Bowl run, kind of like what I said before. Um, You know, he said there's he's still waiting for the numbness and sadness and shock, really, to wear off so that then he can feel – you know, appreciation and gratitude for the year that they had and just how much fun it was. And, you know, he mentioned that it was really enjoyable for him. He also said he's never played better in the face of such an adverse year and that he's really proud of that. So clearly this meant a lot to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, They talked a little bit about, they didn't dive too much into it, but just what happened in the game. And, you know, he said, San Francisco stopped the run. They obviously have a great front seven and they slowed them down there. And then once they got to the run, they got after him in the passing game and they could just could never get into a rhythm after that first drive. And we think we all saw that too. He obviously, you know, wishes that he had executed better and that the team executed better, but you know, they can't, really change that, you know, and he sounded just like all the Packers fans disappointed, a little bit shocked and, you know, just that it happened and that it's done and can't go back and change it. Um, Of course there was more COVID immunization discussion, all of that, but we don't need to go into detail. If you're really interested in hearing about that, you can uh, listen to the full show. Um, The big, uh, the other big topic that they talked about was uh, just, what's his future? Is he going to retire? Is he going to come back to green Bay? Is he going to go somewhere else? Are the Packers going to, you know, the Packers going to trade him? What's going to happen? So he said there are a few decision-making factors that he's, you know, considering. Um, He said, you know, it's a gut feeling. He just has to listen to his intuition. He he knows when, you know, if, if he feels like that he doesn't have the same passion or desire or, um, wants to compete and commit himself to compete at such a high level again, then he'll know. You know, sure, he said a fairy tale ending would be the goal, whether that's a Super Bowl or just some kind of, you know, team achievement. Um, you know, that would be great to go out with fairy tale ending, like he mentioned Peyton Manning, but it's just not the case most of the time. He said he wants to get away and, uh, you know, let himself just be alone for a bit and clear his head before seeing if he's ready, you know, to come back or retire. 
Uh, he said something that is completely off the table because no options are essentially off the table. But the one thing that is off the table is that he will not retire and then come back a year later. So we've seen that happen before. Aaron Rodgers says, absolutely not. I will not be doing that. Um, but he did, again, go out of his way to talk about Gutekinds. He said he feels like he's in a good place relationshiply with the Packers organization and mentioned that he and Brian have developed a good friendship and that whenever he has come to his decision, it will just be a very simple conversation of here's what I'd like to do. Does that match up with what you'd like to do? And then go from there. So he said there will be no, you know, drawn out silence kind of like we experienced last season. Um, and that he'll probably have a decision even sooner than free agency, which is March 16th, because he just wants to be respectful uh, to the organization and what they're trying to do. Clearly, he mentioned that Devontae Adams will be a factor. You know, he laughed. He said, I'm sure he doesn't want to get franchise tagged, just like any other player that, you know, is as elite as Devontae. They, you know, want to have their options open, but that that, you know, will weigh into his decision, too. So, Really good stuff there if you're, you know, kind of interested in how he's feeling. The gut feeling that I got was that he really enjoys being a Packer, but he's also really considering retiring. So we'll see what happens. You know, a month from now, we may have a decision. So that's kind of exciting. Um, And then he mentioned that when he does come to a decision, that he will go to Indianapolis and announce it on the Pat McAfee show. So... (laughs) Hopefully he does it on a Tuesday again, so we get to talk about it. But uh, we'll see. You know, they talked for a long time, but those were just a few of the highlights. That's good. I caught some of it. I was able. I tuned in. And I heard some of the uh, the retirement stuff, which was uh, very intriguing to hear him. Kind of. I mean, we've talked about you know him on that show before, and you know, don't agree with everything he says for sure. And again, we don't need to get into that right now, but uh, it does seem like that he is, he's open. He's, he's extremely open. We've talked about that before. You feel like you're seeing Aaron Rodgers as he is. Um, and so hearing him kind of talk about there, it did seem like there was some uncertainty. It seemed like he was leaning certain ways. McAfee certainly seemed like he was trying to press him into saying something one way or another, but uh, it does seem like there's some uncertainty there. So it was, uh, that was interesting. So that was good. Thank you, Sarah. Um, all right, we've got we're, again. We're we're heading into the off season now. Uh, you know, no more Packers football. You know, obviously there's going to be things popping up here and there. But for now, man, we don't have a game to break down, so we're leaning on you all as always. You provide good questions, Sarah. You've got some uh, Twitter questions for us. We're going to go through. So let's see what uh, see what angst we've got uh, kind of coming our way here. Yes. So um, first question or questions, I should say, because we're going to combine two. First one is from the Mike at the Mike thirty one, and they just asked why, not why the podcast, <laughs> just why. That's my question. And then um, Matt Tolfson asked, "I'm still in," de- or he said, "I'm still in denial." My question: Why do we do this to ourselves? So dusty. Why? <laughs> if I knew, I'd tell you. I don't know, man. I asked myself this quite a bit. I'd. I don't know. I don't know. It's fun while it's going. Uh, is it? Is it worth what ends up happening at the end? I don't know. But I haven't stopped, and I just get more <laughs> invested every year. So uh, there's either something wrong with me or, uh, or something wrong with everyone else and also me. I don't know. The answer is we don't know. We don't know. Beautiful mystery, Sarah. It's a beautiful mystery. 
<laughs> I I laughed so hard and I saw both of those questions because <laughs> I believe we were all at some point, if you love the Green Bay Packers and you were invested in the outcome this season, you asked yourself this question sometime in the last, you know, 72 hours. You're just, you know, you're in your Packers hoodie and you're looking at the Packers poster you have on the wall and you're just like, why? Why do mm-hmm. I do this to myself? And, you know, am I insane? They say, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing every year. Well, the Packers may break our hearts every year, but we are all going to come back and pretend like they didn't and support them. So um, that's why, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next question is from Sam, a.k.a. Sam Witch, and she wants to know, is there any coach the Bears or Vikings could hire that would scare you as a Packers fan? I had way more funny ones, ones that would make me legitimately laugh. Uh, Dan Quinn would make me laugh. Um, <laughs> someone like Eric Bieniemy, um, he's got kind of a, a sordid past that I want to get into right now, but I don't know that he's going to be a good head coach. I don't know one way or the other, but something about replacing uh, Kansas City's previous offensive coordinator within their next offensive coordinator uh, when that already didn't work the first time uh, would make me laugh very, very hard. Uh, but for me, the guy that I think would not necessarily scare me, but the guy that would uh, – kind of put me on edge a little as far as like, oh, man, they're actually thinking about things. Uh, might be someone like Jim Caldwell. Uh, you know, seemed like a kind of a, a mild-mannered guy, but has had success in the league as a head coach. You know, that, that one year in Indy, that didn't go well, but that was when Manning was hurt. But had success in division, uh, you know, with the Lions, obviously. Uh, seems well-liked, well-respected, and just kind of brings about him like just like an air of stability. Uh, again, it, that that seems to me a higher like that would be like, we we are thinking about this and we're trying to move in the right direction. So I think again, like I don't know that, that Jim Caldwell strikes fear into my heart, but that would I think it'd be a smart hire for either of those teams. And I don't like either of those teams doing smart things. I think that's that's where I sit on that. Alrighty. Our next question is from our good friend Don from the Hey, We Like Your Pod podcast. And she wanted to know, is the special teams a bigger problem to solve for LaFleur or Goot? And if you need a sliding scale for that, let's put LaFleur 1, Goot 10. And then if you grief 8 since the upset, what was it? And she included a photo of Annie's shells and white cheddar mac and cheese. So I can start with this one and then I'll pass it to you, Dusty. So... You know, special teams, is it a bigger problem to solve for LaFleur or Goot? I'm going to lean towards LaFleur um, just because I think there there needs to be a coaching change. And um, obviously, you know, he's the guy to hire um, the other staff. And we've seen he's had, a, you know, a little bit of a rough track record hiring guys at times that aren't, you know, offensive minds that maybe he's working directly with all the time. And I don't necessarily think it's a a personnel thing. Yes, they need to probably find a better kick and punt returner. But we have to remember that Kylan Hill was doing an okay job of that before he got unfortunately hurt on, I believe, a kick return or punt Mm -hmm. return. Kick return, yeah. Um, So, you know, you get him back and he's healthy, then I think you have an option there. So it's just finding a coach who is going to prevent the mistakes from happening over and over and over and over and over again, um, because that was driving me crazy. And then I don't really grief eat, um, but I will say 
I have had the Annie's mac and cheese. I have not had the white cheddar. I had the aged cheddar for the first time like a week or two ago, and it was delicious. So, Don, you know, you we DM sometimes. Let me know if I should try this white cheddar because I'm officially intrigued by this. Support for the Packaday podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off in free worldwide shipping with code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Friends, inside this package, you're going to find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And let me tell you a bit more about this Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, sort of important, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and has a 400k LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code PACKADAY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. The new year is a great time to focus on what's important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help you with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. Personally, I'm really trying to work on my weight this year, and when I found out that HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to my door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, I was all in. Skip the trips to the grocery store, saving you long wait times and ensuring you don't waste your money on excess food, and sign up for HelloFresh instead. HelloFresh has helped me eat fresher food with better portion control and has helped me live a healthier lifestyle. I highly recommend the teriyaki chicken tenders, by the way. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 and use code Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Remember to use code Packaday16. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Yeah, and I'm. I think I lean Lafleur as well, partially for the hire, because um, that is. I mean, there's the, the power structure in Green Bay, and I don't. You know, I think you know Gutekunst. I think has has a word in that, but I do believe that's kind of more Lafleur's call. So, part of it is who's hired. The other part of it is then who is used. You know, as a head coach, you can dictate that. That's something I've talked about before. You know, the GM kind of brings guys in. Talked about this before with uh, Gutekunst kind of churning that bottom of the roster, and sometimes that leads to a guy in the practice squad. He's in, and then he's out the next week. Sometimes they bring in you bring in Jalen Smith, and you hope he hits, and then he doesn't. And sometimes it's someone like Devondre Campbell. But when you kind of churn like that, that that bottom of the roster is always kind of moving, and typically that's where you find your special teams guys. So it's it's tough. Sometimes it can be tough for special teams guys. You're kind of organizing all that as your coach, and there's so many moving pieces. There's more moving pieces on special teams in terms of guys who are out or potentially guys who are out or any of that than you have any other any other position. Because offensive, you kind of set. Defensive, you kind of set. But sometimes those bottom of the bottom of the roster guys, someone gets dropped, someone gets brought in, maybe they got to play special teams now. So part of it's that is the personnel is kind of always moving. So, you know, you put maybe some of that on Gutekunst, but I don't really put a lot of that on them because that bottom of the roster churn, you kind of need that, keep those things moving. You don't want to sit stagnant at the bottom if you can help it. So I think, again, so part of it is the higher, and the other part of it is who's who's out there. Now, we did see this past game, I think A.J. Dillon on the floor brought this up. Dillon broke his ribs, I believe it was on special teams. So someone said, like, what about more starters on special teams? This was something when Seattle was kind of, Legion of Boom days, and they were top of the rankings in special teams. 
Richard Sherman and their t- and Cam Chancellor, those guys are on special teams. They use their best players on special teams. So that's a personnel thing. You bring your best guys out there, they're going to perform better, you know, better athletes and guys with more experience and all that. But you also run the risk of them being hurt. So there's a push pull there. I think I would like to see them using more starters there, and that's a the floor thing. So I think between the higher the personnel and and all of the, everything goes involved with that. I think definitely skews more LaFleur than Gutekunst. Um, and certainly something, I mean, I mean, listen, every year it's had a number of times this past week, not just in, uh, not just in, you know, the, the two block kicks, which is, you know, should not happen, but also long returns, some of the hidden yard and stuff there, the, uh, the Packers starting field position versus the 49ers starting field position and how that informed the field position game throughout the course of the game and, and kind of all that, how that stuff played out. So, I mean, a lot of factors kind of go into that. So definitely more on the floor. Definitely something I can be I've been saying this for like 10 years. They, they're going to shore this up. They need to shore up this off season. They haven't, I don't have faith at this point, but I sure hope that they've seen the light and will hire, say hire outside a crazy, crazy thing. Hire outside the organization for this one. Uh, grief. If, did I grief eat? I don't grief eat what I typically do. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm good by the next day, night of, depending on uh, the loss and my expectations. This one was pretty bad um, because, again, we, uh, this is a Super Bowl team. I saw them as a Super Bowl team. We had tickets for the game next weekend. Um, I will uh, – maybe it's healthy. Maybe it's not. Um, I'll just watch a violent movie, uh, uh, just a mindless <laughs> violent movie. And, uh, and go to bed. Um, so my go-to, and it's been a while since I've watched it, uh, it's Dread. It's the the Judge Dread movie with uh, with Carl Urban, which is just you know tremendous movie. Big big fan. Uh, Lena Headey's in it as the as the bad guy. It's like eighty minutes. It's remarkably violent, and you don't really have to think about it too much. So that's that's usually mine. I you know have a drink, I watch Dread, I go to bed, and I'm good. I feel like that's kind of a normal night for you anyways. It's, it's about, about average, yeah. <laughs> oh, alrighty. Our next question is a another Hall of Fame question from the one and only Maggie Loney. And she wants to know, someone has to eat 10 hot dogs, someone has to eat 10 <laughs> pieces of pizza, and someone has to eat 10 ice cream sandwiches. If all three of you get done in one hour, you win $100,000 each. Who eats what? So, Dusty, I'll get this to you. We we agreed and we had the same lineup, which is great. So, why don't you just take it away and explain? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we thought there might be some consternation over this and it was pretty good. We gave uh, – Steve's not here, uh, but we gave him pizza, which I think he'd be happy about. And the reason that we both actually gave it to him, Steve lost our prop bet stuff last season and he had to eat like Andy Herman for a day who only eats pizza and other things that, that like children eat. It's like, well, Steve's, Steve's put the work in, man. Like he's, he's lived that life. So, Steve gets the pizza. I'm going to take the hot dogs because I like hot dogs. Now, I'm not eating them Joey Chestnut style. I'm eating them like a normal human being because I respect myself. Um, and uh, Sarah, you get the ice cream because I think you 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 eat some ice cream anyway. Again, I do not dislike ice cream, but uh, but I like hot dogs and no one else was willing to do it. So that's 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 our breakdown there. And I, I think Steve's not here, but I can speak for him, I feel like. I think he'd be happy with that arrangement. I think this this worked out pretty well for us. Yeah, agreed. I'm thrilled with it. Who doesn't want to eat 10 ice cream sandwiches? So, <laughs> All right. Our next question is from Just Trying to Live, and they want to know, why the hell would we start Turner at left tackle and Kelly at right tackle when we could have just kept Yash at left tackle? Why gamble on two positions? So I'll start with this one. I don't know. That is a great question that I also had. And 
Um, you know, this was my first, I, I was feeling good about the game all week. And then the first time where I went, oh, I kind of have a weird feeling in my gut about how this is going to go is when I saw, you know, Dombowski and Schneidman and the other beat reporters that were there reporting this. And it was a big question mark for me. You know, the last time, you know, Turner was at left tackle was in the NFC championship game last year against the Bucks. So just bad vibes all around there. And yeah, it was a question mark for me. And I don't really know why they, they did this, especially since Yash played well the, the entire year. I mean, you would have thought my initial reaction when I saw Bakhtiari wasn't going to play was, man, that sucks. But hey, they've played without him all year and they've done well and they're just going to stick to that. So I'm a little confused too why they changed it up. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. We, we had the same reaction. I, I saw it and was like, ooh, that that doesn't seem good. Like, they probably know what they're doing, but that doesn't seem good. And then word came out after that they didn't practice that alignment. So it's it's one of those just baffling decisions, man. I I, I wish there was a good answer. There's not. It, uh, it didn't make any sense before the game. didn't make any sense during the game. And it made less sense after the game. Yep. All right, next question is from J5, and they ask, could Green Bay have beaten San Francisco with love at quarterback given the lights-out defensive performance? And we've seen this question and just this commentary a lot, um, you know, all over Twitter and just a few Packers blogs. And, Dusty, I know you have some thoughts about it. Yeah, it's it's part of the discourse and kind of wanted to talk about it. So my answer, I don't want to just say no, but I'm going to say no. I mean, you know, anything is possible. A lot of options are on the table here. I do not believe they would have. And that's for a couple of reasons. So one of the things I looked at was pressure numbers, looked at love against the Chiefs. And one of the things that undid him in that game was the pressure against Kansas City. They were in his face, threw him off his rhythm, all of that stuff. The Lions game I'm throwing out for for now just because that was week 18 and I don't know exactly what they were doing and all of that stuff. But KC, they're trying to win that game. They're bringing pressure. Love's under fire. All right, what did he do? Against Kansas City, Love was under pressure on 35.7% of his dropbacks. He completed 31.6% of his passes and with 4.9 yards per attempt. I think one touchdown, one interception with those. So real bad, real bad numbers under pressure. Against the Niners, Rodgers was under pressure roughly the same. It was like 35.8% against 35.7% completed 57.1% of his passes for 8.3 yards per attempt. So not amazing, but like a 20 plus percent bump in completion percentage and like double the yards per attempt, like that's sizable. That's enough. Now you can make the case that Rogers held out of the ball for longer than love. Therefore his pressure numbers were higher against the Niners than he would be. If you picture love as some, I don't know, refined pocket passer and he's three steps and the ball's out which is not the case. Let's for the for our sake of argument, let's say that maybe that's what you're thinking. If Love's in there, he's operating because that, I think that's the thought process. If Love's in there, he's operating the offense. There's there's a there's a there's a thought that Rodgers reverted to uh just hero ball and holding on to the ball because he wanted to make something happen and he's locked on to Devontae. And that's not 100% true. Like that happens some, but it's not like he's out there. I don't believe he's out there freelancing for the entire game. But let's say for the sake of argument that you believe Jordan Love comes in there. He runs the offense as LaFleur intends, which the ball is out. Rodgers snapped a throw against the Niners, 2.8 seconds. His regular season was 2.6 seconds. So, you know, 0.2 seconds different, different, which is, you know, not huge, but but it's significant. It's significant to talk about. Against Kansas City, Love snapped the throw, 
2.7 seconds. So he's right in the middle, right between 2.6, 2.8. Not a huge difference either way. And that's against pressure, similar pressure against Kansas City. So longer than Rodgers in the regular season, but a shade under what he get, did against the Niners. So all of that being said, I th- believe the after watching it, the game a couple times now, the reason Rodgers is holding out of the ball, some of that was he's kind of hunting for big play a little later. 49ers kind of took away a lot of short stuff. They basically either went short or deep. A lot of that mid game was gone. Like uh, I think they he attempted mid passes between zero and nine yards or oh, 10 and 15 yards, I believe is what it was. 18, 19% of time during regular season. And it was like 11% of time against Kansas City, or I'm sorry, against San Francisco. And even those were, some of those were forced, and some of those were second and third reads. The Niners were doing such a good job of disguising what they were doing and taking away those first reads, taking away those second reads, and forcing them to throw the ball that I just don't think love. Like Rodgers, again, had some issues. He wasn't perfect. He missed some reads. I don't see a scenario that love comes in against what I saw that defense doing and did anything better against them. So, again, that's that's very, very long, very, very long for me. I apologize. That was longer than I intended. But I just I wanted to run down those numbers. I wanted to look at like in comparison to what we saw from love against that similar pressure and then also kind of what we saw from the 49ers defensively. So in my opinion, no, no, I think, you know, the, the score is probably roughly the same just because the defense was doing good work. But also, I think Love probably throws a pick. So maybe the 49ers win by more. I just I don't I don't think what we've seen out of Love, I don't hate Love. I just think from what we've seen out of Love, there's nothing to suggest that he would have handled what the 49ers were throwing at the Packers defensively any better than what Rodgers did uh, at the end. Thank you, Dusty, for that in-depth analysis. I'm sure everybody learned something from that. I know I did. So Kudos to you. Our next question is from Matt Pickett, uh, another member of, hey, we like your pod. Um, And he asked a two-part question. Number one, what do you see as the bright spots from this season and for the team going forward? And then a food question, do you eat your feelings? And if so, what's your go-to? So we kind of already actually answered the food question, so we'll just stick with the first one. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think, quite a few bright spots. I mean, I I think – you know, seeing how they used AJ Dillon, that was that was a thing. You know, in his second year, his first rookie year, we didn't see him very much. And there was a thing about him. You know, the draft. Well, he can't catch, and like, well, he can catch. He just hasn't been asked to catch, and all of that stuff. So we got to see him what his role looks like. You know, Jones missed some time, so we got to see the full AJ Dillon experience, not just for a game at a time. We saw that split. We got to see what he could do, and it's a shame he was knocked out of the Niners game uh, because I mean, he is he's a wrecking ball. He's got nifty feet and he can catch the ball. So I think I think seeing him seeing him do what he does was really good. I think seeing the evolution of a guy like John Runyon and kind of what he ended up turning into this year, I think there's still room for improvement there. But I think, you know, he with that offensive line, as rough as it looked, I think, you know, he looked tremendous. I think you could say the same thing about Nyman, that left tackle, you know, kind of coming in that first Niners game and holding down that spot and doing pretty well, you know, after Jenkins was out. I Again, I don't think he's perfect, but kind of seeing what he turned into when he was a guy you can kind of dream on for years, like that was good. I think I think the some of the, you know, seeing again Z back in the playoffs was fun. I think seeing Barry's defense, I don't think it was, you know, perfect, but I think it was it was fun to look at. There's different aspects of that to kind of study, and I don't know if that's still don't know if that's the answer going forward. 
Um, but there was it was something different to watch. It was kind of more of a modern defense, and then we didn't have a ton of those coverage busts that we kind of been used to seeing. So, and and from an offense perspective, just scheme, just some of the little things they did, little tweaks they did. They're year three now, and so the evolution of that. How do you play off of the way those guys are kind of playing that bootleg and all of these kind of little answers to questions? And it was a little bumpy at times, um, especially in the red zone. But I just think there's a lot to like there. I think going into year four and, you know, whether Rodgers is there or not, you know, who knows at this point. But I think kind of seeing what LaFleur and this offense, that the kind of the, the different steps they take along the way. They still need to, I think, inject some speed in the offense. We saw that with the loss of MVS uh, this past week. But I think there's, you know, quite a few bright spots. I don't know, Sarah, did you have, you have any uh, bright spots sticking out to you just specifically from this season? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, you mentioned a couple, but AJ Dillon, for sure, you know, we finally got to see him use in some situations that I felt like we were all begging for uh, during his rookie year. And then Eric Stokes was really ex- just exciting to watch him grow and develop over the year. I, I love that. And, you know, when they drafted him, it was someone that I was really excited about uh, to begin with. But then, you know, just kind of the way the cookie crumbled, he ended up getting a lot of playing time pretty quickly. And that forced him to kind of get thrown into the mix and just basically figure it out. And he did a really great job. Sure. He had some rookie tendencies here and there, but it was really promising. And I definitely think that that's a bright spot for the defense, you know, going forward. Um, Another was just what Preston Smith was able to do was a bit of of a surprise for me and definitely a bright spot. Um, and there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, who's going to be on the team next year, what's going to happen. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of maybe they can keep one of the Smiths, but not both. And I surely think that Preston made a case for himself, why he should be on the team. And that was definitely a bright spot moving for, you know, moving forward. And then the rest was, you know, a lot of what you said, but my last one, Josh Myers, you know, I know that he was hurt a lot throughout the season, but when he played, he played really well. And for a rookie to come in, um, you know, Green Bay is notorious for having those offensive linemen that can just come in there and mess you up. And the fact that he came in so quickly, and I mean, right away in camp, everybody took notice of his talent and what he was able to do. So if he's able to, you know, fully recover now in the offseason and stay healthy next year, that's, you know, center is a great position to have some consistency in and if he's you know good he's obviously going to be there for a few more years at least and it was really promising so you know basically good draft from goody because you know a lot of those top few picks are my bright spots and our last question is from john gearing and they want to know who was your favorite packer this season and then if someone is visiting you from out of town, what do you make them for dinner? Uh, so I'll go first. I'll answer it backwards. Uh, I don't, I'll probably just take them to dinner because I'm too lazy to make dinner. Um, and then my favorite Packer, AJ Dillon, I talked about a little bit, but you know, not only was he just an absolute delight on the field and it was just so much fun watching him truck, 
you know, guys and just bulldoze through uh, some front sevens. But, you know, I had the opportunity to chat with him. And I know Dusty did a few times on uh, Carry the G Mm -hmm. with Cheesehead TV. And he's just an awesome guy. He's so nice, so generous with his time. Um, And he was definitely my favorite Packer this season just because of the way that he embraced being a part of the franchise and then was able to, you know, back up that kind of swagger on the field too. It was really cool to watch. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah, getting a chance to talk to him a couple of times was was tremendous. He's just such such a just a pure human being uh, that will just run you over if you get in his way. He's uh, he's amazing. Um, I'm going to go, I almost went Rashawn Gary uh, and he was kind of a bright spot as well that I kind of forgot just to see what he is a guy that was like, man, once he, when they start playing him, once he hits that, that second year, that third year, and this was the third year, he's going to really take off and just the monster he became. And he took over that Niners game at times, like just tremendous, but I'm going to go with one that is very easy for me um, and probably pretty predictable. If you know me, and it's Randall Cobb. Um, I've been a big Randall Cobb fan since his UK days, uh, kind of living where I live and one of my all time favorite Packers. So seeing him come back in and when that trade happened and how happy he was to be back in the building and what he gave this offense, you know, I think one big game and some big third downs and I think only one target in this past game, which was a shame, but having that guy and his energy and just his enthusiasm to be there was just, it, it made me so happy to see him back in the green and gold where it seemed like he belonged. So I, I kind of doubt he's back next year, which makes me sad, but I loved having Cobb back in green Bay for one more year. So I think for, <laughs> for as long as Cobb is, is in green Bay, he is going to be my favorite Packer that season. That's that uh, was a pretty easy one for me. And if someone's visiting, what would you make? Oh yeah. Probably just pulled pork, man. Uh, that's been my go-to both because I love it. And because it's really easy so you can just go out there and, and smoke it and I can set it for a while before they get here. And then, uh, it's always amazing. I've been do I do that. And then if you're on the grill, you do burgers as well. And you kind of time that up and then you can put some pulled pork on top of your burger and, uh, and you want to die. Cause it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Uh, that's it for our questions, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for you know, the people sending the questions. We didn't get to all of them, uh, but we got some good ones. You know, a lot of everyone's getting through their feelings this week, man. And probably for the foreseeable future, we're kind of getting through that. But, you know, we should have a fun weekend of games this weekend and then hopefully a good Super Bowl. So I'm I'm kind of looking at some football, even if the Packers are not in it. So thanks again for following us, for joining us every week. We will talk to you next week. Hopefully Steve will be back. Uh, you can follow us on social media. I'm at Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelher 4, at Steve Perhatch, and the podcast at Packaday. Uh, please rate and review the podcast if you get a chance. Again, thanks again. It's been a tremendous season. Looking forward to the offseason. And as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.